Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Alex Finn. Don't mind me, I'm just sniffing skincare like it's normal. Marietta Jones. Wait, what? Skincare. <laughs> Let's smell it. How can you smell skincare, though? That's, I guess that's what I don't understand. The fragrances, like this one smells like tea tree. Oh, so you're like smelling lotion? Yes. And moisturizer? Yes. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Just smell things, everyone. Bake the nearest thing up to you and smell it, even if it's your dog. I just bathed Rubia, so I would love to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stace Babcock. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> and Samson Davis. Hi, I'm back from my audio issue. How are you? Before we get started today, we have an important item of business, and that is that we have another patron. Yay! <gasps> wow! Yes, even more. Our newest patron is Azuron. Azuron's been in our Discord with us for a little bit now. He's a good guy, very fun to chat with. Uh, he actually, I believe, runs some Numenera on his own as well, among other games. Um, I actually also know him from the uh, Fandible fan community. He just recently became a patron and, uh, well, recently as when we're recording this. And thank you so much, Azuron. Your support means the world to us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you a bunch. And thank you for being part of the Discord. Right? Like such a big part of the Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, we love it when you come hang out with us in the Discord. It makes us feel like a community, which is really what we want. So, you know. Yes. Thanks for being a part of it with us. So, who remembers what happened last time? I feel like it would be only appropriate for me to say, Stace, do you remember what happened last time on Explorers Wanted? Fuck yeah, I do. No shit, there we were, standing over the corpses of automatons and their Hurric live twins. When we went to the bridge, and we were like, oh shit, we're fucked. There are Hurricks all over the place. Also, we never dealt with that containment breach, and we need to get the teleporter online. And then Atalia was like, I know what to do. I'm going to kill all the Hurricks by changing the oxygen in this vessel to Argon. Oh, Dilly, a great idea. Dilly and Nyx weren't at the bridge yet for this, I remember. All right. So, <laughs> oh, right. Atalia's like, I'm going to change the oxygen to argon and not tell anybody. That was the decision. So uh, Dilly and Nyx are in the room where the automatons are. And uh, Nyx finally understood Dilly just a little bit because she got out of breath. <laughs> and that was the first clue. <laughs> So uh, I think Stannis came and saved D- Dilly and Nix's ass. I can't remember where Chacha was in all this. Um, on the bridge. She'd been called back up to the bridge to help decipher the error message. Oh, back up to the bridge. And uh, yeah, the error message was related to a, uh, well, what we ultimately found out was a lack of fuel for the vessel. So yeah, we needed to get to the uh, teleporter room and repair it and teleport the fuck off of this vessel, which is going to crash. And so Italia finds a breather. She's like, yeah, this is a legit breather. You can breathe what's in this breather. And Nix is like, dope, give me the breather. I'm going to run to the teleporter room and check out this life sign that we're seeing. So Nix runs through the, the uh, essentially the ruins, which the ship is filled with and runs into the teleportation or to the teleportation room. And there's this like giant anteater there. <laughs> uh, like ten foot tall anteater, 
And on the way there, Nyx was experiencing some pretty severe debilitating effects and lost two spots on the damage track uh, to what at the time Nyx slash Stace thought was related to the ruins and artifacts. We'll find out more later on that. So Nyx runs in, sees this giant anteater, and is like, hey, friend. And the giant anteater started coming toward Nyx, who then essentially became almost completely unconscious and was picked up by said anteater. So then Natalia is back at the bridge, and she's like, oh, wow, the big dot is moving toward the little dot that is Nyx. I'm going to go see what's up. So Italia just runs into the Argon, just like knows it hasn't changed back to oxygen yet. It's a real sacrificial moment. Excellent character development. Frankly, it's about time. And so then Italia runs through the Argon. Excuse you. (laughs) And and runs up in time to see the anteater holding the rebreather with Nyx's mouth in its head. Uh, But then it surprisingly sets Nyx gently down on the floor and Italia's like oh you didn't kill my friend die now no <laughs> I scanned it oh, oh right <laughs> sorry wow I <laughs> this time <laughs> Italia's like all right I'm scanning it when this creature is like doing the like no 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 we've all seen that gif mm-hmm it didn't like being scanned. It felt as though it was an invasion of privacy. It was really quite rude for someone who was virtually a stranger and attacked. And attacked brutally. Atali got really hurt. Atali was debilitated, actually, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the situation is, Nyx is unconscious on the floor, debilitated. Atali is conscious, but debilitated. Uh, briefly, for some reason, debates onslaughting the creature. But then Cha-Cha comes. Cha-Cha comes... And sees what's up, and instead of attacking the anteater, tried to like telepathically communicate with it. No, damn it! What came I brought Herx, and I was like, "Kill Herx, yeah." Oh right, so Cha Cha, like the Pied Piper, drags these Herx behind her. They're chasing her towards the teleportation room, and as a demonstration of solidarity against the Herx kills one, executes one in front of this creature to give it a different target to attack and indicate friendship. And it somewhat worked. Nyx was unconscious at this point, and so was I virtually. So then Dilly. Wow, Dilly. So Dilly's over the bridge with Stannis, and Stannis is like, aren't you going to help my friends? and Or your friends? And Dilly was like, no, normally I'm a coward. But then he ran out of the room and into the teleportation room and geared up yay it was a nice moment you once till he got to the teleportation room what happened guys we tried to communicate <laughs> dilly tried to communicate through writing along with cha-cha that this uh to with this creature and it didn't really work and i really thought we were all gonna die but then stannis rolls up stannis rolls up and manages to like hold the creature telepathically somehow while she barks at him oh barks at it first right it seems to speak its language then gets in some sort of weird i assume psychic standoff with the creature and then nah just a pissing match do you really think so yeah i think she was just asserting dominance interesting asserting dominance over the creature so that repairs to the teleportation device could be made and everyone could be teleported off the ship with 
these statues and the crystals to a place outside the city. We left Stannis there to watch it, then headed inside the city to Nix's parents' house, which had a note on the outside that basically said it was now property of the queen, which is never a good sign. Mm-hmm. So Italia breaks in, we go inside, and there's nobody there. Nix finds the plate upstairs, doesn't touch it again because she learned her lesson the first time, and there's like it's clear that it's been searched. And wasn't there a clue about the metal line being there? Dilly had a vision. Yes. Dilly had a vision. And then basically couldn't find any more. They went to Mama J's. They're like, hey, Mama J, we're back. The statues are with Stannis outside the gate. She was cool with that, paid us chunk of money. And then Nix was like, explained about her parents. And Mama J basically said, sit down, shut up. I have a plan for that. Nix showed her the plate. She said something cryptic about that being like many of them around the world and I can't remember quite why it came to the conclusion it was a teleportation plate. It might have been explicitly said. And then she said something else cryptic about the travelers, the benevolent society having a strange idea of freedom. And that's where we ended this. What she had said specifically was that's the society right there, all tied up in synth and ceramic, a form of benevolence and a somewhat twisted vision of freedom. She asked Nix if the plate was a family heirloom, and Nix flat out refused to answer, or just said, I won't tell you that. And she said, well, and then she asked about your mother's teleportation tax, and then she said, there are hundreds of these plates all around Navarine, and it seems like with your family, for the first time, they did what they were supposed to do. And that's where we ended it. For the first time? Damn. Mm-hmm. So that's where we left it. That's Mama Jaren has just said that, and she is sipping her whiskey Wow, you guys are in her home. So they were just supposed to, like, temporarily transport people to various different planes and parts of the planet and just have them come back after a question mark amount of time? I don't know enough about them to say for sure exactly what they envisioned with it. But there is there was something about these that was to represent the ultimate freedom of movement. Hmm. And my understanding, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Nix, I'm not a member of the Benevolent Society, but my understanding through the years is that often families are given a plate if one of their their own becomes a member of the Benevolent Society, but is unable to ever return. What? Ever return from where? That I don't know. All I know is that every time I've seen one of these plates in a family's possession, it's always been they've had somebody who's gone off to join the Benevolent Society and who hasn't returned again. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> uh, what do you mean that for the first time my family did the right thing? I feel like, you know, that's like our thing is doing the right thing. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that your family did anything wrong. I'm saying this plate is the first time it's worked. W- what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to create somebody with an ultimate freedom of movement and it looks like it won that in your mother but it's not controlled at all and it's not like she even knows what's happening maybe it's not done but i'm just saying that this plate has done its work you're uh wait are you saying that that my mom has changed forever like there's like there's no going back i have no idea what if i like just break it I don't know what the consequence of that would be. Natalia, will you scan it? Did you just ask me to scan something? 
Yeah, dude, I've noticed it's a particular talent and joy of yours. (laughs) Oh, so thoughtful. Natalia will uh, scan it, but she'll just walk up into it like a lot more quicker and more intentional than she has previously. Okay. This is a level 21 Numenera device. Whoa. Um, it is encoded with a variety of energies, but one that you definitely recognize as being very similar to the one you, you scanned in Nix's mom. Okay, so it has the same energy as Nix's mom. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I will offer you an XP. Um, I will definitely take that. Okay, who will you give the other XP to? Um, Nix, because this is about this is Nix plotline right here. Oh, thank you. So as you're scanning this, all this information is beaming into you. And you suddenly find yourself having a weird sort of impression of falling. And you look around and you seem to be standing on a ground that is covered in fog on an empty plain. And you seem to be utterly alone here. Whoa, that was not what I expected. Um, Can I like touch the ground? Yeah, so you touch the ground. It's somewhat moist, but it seems to be sort of a clay-like soil. And is it like night or daytime? Like it's the same time as it would be? It's very much... Well, it's so misty, it's hard to tell like the specifics, but it is not... It's not... You're not sure if it's sunset or sundown, um, but it is definitely like gloaming. It is It is twilight at one variety of the other. Shoot, I don't know what to do exactly. I guess I... I'll use my cypher. I'll use Mist Animator to move the mist away so I can see where I am. Okay. So you reach to and activate the Mist Animator. And I assume you're just going to tell this mist to kind of push away from you for whatever your range is. Yeah, I'll just try to move it to the side. Okay. You are standing on this muddy soil and clearly, like punctuated all around you are the half-rotten faces of human and humanoid bodies partially buried in this soil all around you. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, I love this. Um, Can I scan a nearby corpse whilst using Mist Animator? You can try. Okay. It functions for one minute, Mm -hmm. the cipher, so I guess I will scan a nearby corpse. Okay, so you scan that nearby corpse, and the mist goes out, and when the light comes back to you, you feel like a pain in the back of your head, and you hear something that you don't really understand, and it's something like recursion error, and it's at that point where you feel something curling around your left ankle. Is it a snake? It appears to be a hand, long-fingered, Four joints for each finger coming up out of the soil and gripping your ankle and you feel it tugging on you. And even though the soil is clay-like and should be hard, you can definitely feel your foot getting pulled down into it as if it was just mud or water. I'm going to onslaught the thing. Okay. So this will be a nine. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm going to spend a level of effort. Okay. Are you using physical or mental, by the way? Physical. Okay. That's a 12. Okay, so you hit it very hard. Does not like that. And you see and hear 
all of these half-rotten faces on the ground, half-sticking up at the ground barrier, like, they all open up their skeletal mouths and start letting out a hissing screech. Oh, yay. Uh, even better. Even better. Did scanning the body tell me anything if this is, like, arcana? I mean, not arcana. You got, you got a recursion error. Okay. And as they're all screeching, you feel a tap on your shoulder. I'll whip around. Standing in front of you is a woman dressed very simply, but with very nice, well-cared boots. She's about 50 years old, short, dark hair. She looks at you and she says, this gate isn't open to you. And she pushes against your chest. And for a moment, it just feels like she's putting her hand there. And the next thing you know, you're back in Mama Sharon's home. From everybody else's perspective, Italia flickered for a moment, but didn't actually ever leave. Je- Jesky? Jesky's with you. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know what that was. That was pretty strange. Incidentally, your mist animator is unused now. It hasn't been used? Yeah. Physically, it's like nothing that you did there happened. So real. Whatever that was. I I thought I was just teleported. Like, what happened to your mom? But I was like... I felt like I was falling and then I was in uh, like a misty field. And so I used this unused cipher to move the mist away so I could see where I was. And it was like marshy field. And there was all these like decaying, rotting corpses of like various different species in there. And this like hand came up from the ground and grabbed my ankle. And so I onslaughted it. And then all of the corpses started like screaming, but they're like dead. So it was like, a gasping scream. It was really fucking creepy. And then someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and it was this spooky lady, maybe 50 or so. I don't know. But she was like, this gate isn't open to you. And then she like booped me and I was back here. Sorry. I thought I had to say it all or maybe it wasn't real, but maybe it wasn't real. Um, but that's what my experience was. Nah, you definitely had a teleportation attack, dude. Like you flickered over here. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. That felt like not, felt like somewhere else, maybe? I, I mean, like, sorry, I just meant that it, are there other dimensions in worlds or something? I don't know. It was just really fucking creepy. And Mama Jaren just kind of murmurs to herself and says, more than you can count, and takes a drink. I just don't know if I've ever seen a place like that before. Maybe she's not always going to other places on this world, you know? Yeah. Nix, has your mom ever told you that? That, uh, that she had ever been to some dead marsh's place? Uh, is that something Nyx could, would remember or know? Your mother never described that scenario. Nah, I have never heard that one, but she has been in some pretty weird places. Like, it's pretty bonkers, the places she's been. Second question, where do the, like, tenets of your society come from? Like, what are the origins? Oh, yeah, so there is this lady her name was mordai ken and she uh she like founded our order way back in the day and like our technique was she 50 years old uh i'm sure at some point she's been dead for a while oh i ask about the tenants because uh one of them is something about like your family always travels with you mama jay said something that like these plates go to the family so and Dilly gestures towards the plate, like, this, is this where your tenants come from? Oh, I don't know, Dilly. When I touched that, I had a seizure. 
Was it because you are already in the order? Next looks at Mama J. <laughs> Mama J looks at you and uh, says, I don't know everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Inside check. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can answer every question that you might have about anything in the ninth world. Or Daikin didn't have anything to do with the plates. Those came later. Uh, so there was like another traveler in our family. So I guess that's why we have the plate. Mm. I take it they disappeared one day? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I never really knew her. I guess she was around when I was like really young. Mm. Interesting. So then do travelers have like an expiration date or something? God, I hope not, Dilly. That would be a surprise. I don't think they have any more of an expiration date than any other human or humanoid. We all have that built in on some level. Yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty weird. What should I do with it? I can't touch it. Here, I'll hold on to it. Um, and I'll like pull out some, like a shirt and wrap the plate in it. And mm -hmm. I feel like if we don't touch it with our skin, you know? Yeah, I put it in the pillowcase, but I didn't come anywhere close to it. So, yeah. It's interesting that it caused you to have a seizure next. I find that very puzzling. Yeah. Well, it was real weird. Hmm. Was that before or after the change occurred? Yeah, it was after. I ate the snake. I wonder what happened if one of you guys touched it who wasn't me, if you would get teleported to the same place or if you could teleport it at all. Cha Cha puts out her hand. She'll touch, lick, whatever. Damn it, Cha Cha. <laughs> <laughs> the more the merrier. It's Italia's fault for even, like, you know, proposing the idea. So you hand it to Cha-Cha, I take it? I'll pull back so just, like, a side of it is exposed so she could touch it. Okay. It's still glowing faintly. Cha-Cha, when you touch it, it just feels like a normal plate. It's a little cooler than the rest of this room. For some reason, you're not sure why. But otherwise, it just seems like a normal plate. Cha-Cha... Please make a perception check. It's going to be an 18. Unfortunately, nobody can help you with this because it has to do with your special abilities. 19. Nice. Okay. So we'll talk about the minor effect in a minute. You can see, in addition to glowing, there are fluctuations of something else that you would associate not with the horrors directly, but of their world kind of being, it's almost like that stuff is kind of trying to travel past as it normally would, but it keeps getting sucked into an orbit around the plate and it spins around the plate for a while before it finally speeds up and escapes and then more stuff comes. So there's like this swirl of this extra dimensional energy that kind of flows around it. Mm. It's the kind of thing that you feel like if you could see more clearly, like like you might be able to tell more since you got a 19. But it's the kind of thing that you feel like you, your own brain gets in the way trying to look at it in any more detail here. Are you telling me to do the drugs, Daniel? I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just telling you what you see. I think this is when Judge is going to do the drugs. <laughs> what drugs? The drugs the drug she has instead of a rope <laughs> yeah i don't have any gear i just have drugs fuck mm, okay so what we call positive peer pressure <laughs> yeah cha-cha if you're gonna if you're gonna go to that point you know i'd prefer you don't not do it here uh, if you have what's in your bag that i think you have it can be messy 
Jelly already power washed your floor once. It can't be that bad. I suppose that's true. Actually, give me a social roll of normally be nine, but I'm going to give you make it a six for you because she likes you. <laughs> Twenty. <laughs> I'm never closing this app again. No, don't. <laughs> so, major effect. Um, <clears throat> what would you propose as a major effect? That she doesn't shit herself. <laughs> okay. So you're looking for a real dignified high. Yes. Okay. Chacha is the classy kind of, you know, fucked up. I don't know, maybe like that 300 Oracle where they're just so high on gas, they do like weird seizures. Yeah. So not no razor sharp crystal underneath your eye or anything. Like that. <gasps> okay. <laughs> yeah. Mama Jiren says, okay, well, um, come over here. It's probably best if you have a seat at the table and. Does anybody need a scone or anything? Um, my understanding is these drugs tend to last a while. Can I get a refill? <laughs> yes, that can be arranged. Um, why is this a necessary thing? If you want to know what's wrong with the plate, you see beyond. And drugs are required for this? It stops my brain. Okay. Mama Jaren looks at Italia and says, uh, it's not uncommon for... Those uh, special few like Cha-Cha to use other tools to enhance their vision. Ah, I see. It just takes a while. Okay, guess we'll be here for a while. Natalia will sit down on a couch or whatever with Jeski and pull out her Understanding Numenera book. And uh... <laughs> Dilly actually pulls out a notebook and starts writing stuff down. Mm. Wink. Patreon, wink. A <laughs> <laughs> oh, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Would Cha Cha check on her friends though before she got high? That's a good question. Stay such a spoil sport. <laughs> Alex mentioned it in the Discord, and sometimes I forget yeah, yeah, character yeah. things. <laughs> she can do that when she's on her vision quest. No, no, it's okay. Checking on their souls. Ooh. I think Cha Cha's just assuming they're dead and that she's going to go check on their corpses. To be honest. Mm, yeah. It was pretty fatalistic, the sort of interpretation at the time. Yeah. So she'll just get high as fuck and then drag herself to the queen's spittoon. Are you using the mushroom or are you using some of your own supply? Chacha's getting high on her own supply. Okay. But like, if any other character is just like, no, 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 Chacha, don't get high. She won't. Also... How often do people see people getting high on drugs that this is just like, okay, let's just sit and watch? It depends. Well, everyone knows that Nyx is a teetotaler, so. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's not true. She drinks alcohol. And definitely Ward Anna has a lot of people doing drugs, very cheap, dangerous drugs. From Dilly's Session Zero, there were a lot of people like shivering and shaking on the street oh, from the effects of drugs. Yeah, Chacha, you, what do your drugs look like? Are they herbs? Are they a fluid? Are they, what are they like, the stuff that's in your supply? I feel like with her backstory, it would be herbs, just because that would be what a mountain forest child would be able to get easily. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's something you could, a horror could easily point out and be like, eat that child, see what happens. Okay. And then she just wakes up in a field days later craziness happened okay so chacha you chew these herbs they're bitter but as you swallow them they're never pleasant to consume 
and you know it takes you a little while, um, I would say Cha-Cha probably knows enough about She's done this enough that in a pinch that she knows kind of to put herself into sort of a meditative state. And uh, as you guys are watching, Cha-Cha is sitting there kind of still, and she's got sort of her usual Cha-Cha expression. And then I would say, Nix, you notice that Cha-Cha's eyes suddenly dilate incredibly wide to the point where her eyes look like they are almost all black. Whoa. And Cha-Cha, it's at that moment that this room becomes something very, very different. The room where Nix and Dilly and Italia are and Mama Jaren, that's all shadowy and indistinct, like an echo of itself. Mama Jaren's still there, present and as solid as ever, although your friends are bare wisps. And then when you look at this plate, you see that mist that was there. You see it as small entities in this sort of liminal space that are sort of floating by, get caught in its gravitational field, and they struggle and they fight until they get free. And this plate is circling and circling, and it's got weird, like, bursts of light coming off of it that seem to be going in all sorts of different random directions. The light has a quality that is similar to the quality of Nyx, but not there. And you can see the light occasionally reach out towards Nyx as if it's like moving towards something it knows, but then it recoils as if in terror. And you see a couple things. You see one of those snake creatures with the distorted faces try to slip into this room, but not, it doesn't look the same. Like it's almost like it, like it's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't have seen it normally. It tries to slip into this room. It stops it looks at Mama Jaren. Mama Jaren does not look at it or acknowledge it or anything like that. And it just like stops, freezes, and backs out very cautiously, as if not wanting to be detected. And for a moment, you think you see at the edge something that looks like Buddy Cop. It's not Buddy Cop. Maybe some a similar species, or maybe a different member of the same species. But you can see them kind of watching from afar and making some sort of strange movement with its hands that you interpret as scoffing at the plate. And then for a moment, you see a face on the surface of this plate of a woman about 50 years old, short, dark hair. Not much. You don't recognize her at all, although you think she might have... Maybe she and Nyx have a similarity around the nose. And then it's just that kind of over and over. And meanwhile, for the rest of you, Chacha has been staring at this for about two hours. Hasn't blinked once. <laughs> Basically, stock still. Dope, yeah, dope, stock dope. still. And Mama Jaren's like, yeah, this is going to take a while. Um, can I get you guys some scones? Something? I mean, this usually lasts at least another hour if I, if I, if she took what I thought she took. Uh, I mean, can we, like, can you tell us the plan to, to get my parents or... Oh, I don't have a plan yet, but I want to make sure that whatever you do plan to do, that you are going to figure it out with me. Because this is a very delicate time. And before you go charging in, we need to make sure that you're going to do it in a way that isn't going to cause more trouble for yourself, your family, and to a lesser degree for me. I'm glad you're so concerned. Me too, honestly. I am. <laughs> I've invested a lot of time into you guys. I this would be a terrible time for things to go south now. 
Side note, did we decide that Cha-Cha can't remember anything after she does drugs? We did not decide that. Because I feel like that was a part of the discussion. That would be funny, though. <laughs> she gets these amazing visions and then she cannot explain it whatsoever. The whole plot laid out. <laughs> and we all have to pretend we don't know. We have to separate player and character knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I have to deliberately make you guys take off your headphones so I can tell Alex exactly what the whole storyline is. And then she has to pretend she doesn't know the rest of the time. Oh, God. Oh, great, great. All right. So let's say like during the first couple hours that Cha-Cha is under, I guess, Nyx is like pulled out her maps. She's like thinking really hard about the plan. And then once Mama J or she brings it back up, she goes. Yeah, so here's my plan, Mama J. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go over to Dr. Oz. Ask Dr. Oz, like, what happens when people get arrested by the queen? And then, like, Dr. Oz is going to... Dr. Oz. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Oz is going to, like, tell us, and then we'll have a plan. And you think Dr. Oz is going to help you? Why? She's been, like, real nice, Mama J. She's been, like, treat treating my mom every month and, like... You mean ripping you off every month? I mean, she's expensive, but, you know, that just means she's, like, good. Doesn't seem to be helping the situation. No, it did, Italia. Like, after she would come by, my mom would do better for a while. Hmm. How do you mean that she would do better for a while? She would have, like, less attacks. Hmm. So, hmm. Oh, man. I'm trying to decide how direct or knowledgeable... Mama J would be about this because I don't feel like Mama J like to be clear Mama J doesn't know everything that's happening under this <laughs> like she it's I'm not like she's she's not omniscient I don't believe you <laughs> it's hard for me to <laughs> yeah but she she does know a lot so Mama J would say um, so she just goes less often after she has a visit from Dr. Oz yeah mm -hmm. like a a few days or weeks or how long would pass between like how much of a difference did it make? Uh, it would, it would be pretty good for like a week and then it would just sort of get worse until like, that's why she came by every month, you know? Hmm. Well, I haven't met your mother. Um, so we can't make a sitcom out of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But I would assume that, if your mom isn't getting better, better, or if it's just a temporary better, that Dr. Oz is just siphoning off some of the excess energy. Oh, I mean, but that's still like helping. It, it seems to. I guess the thing I would ask you is, have you known nanos to waste anything? Uh, Talia? Hey, you know my opinions about this lady, and I've been upfront and forward about that from the day I met her. No, I mean, do you like waste anything? Your god woman. Uh, no, I don't waste things. Unless I'm trying to be nice. I'll go into Tilly. What does that mean? I gave you Caustic Storm. Harsh! We were attacked by war moths. <laughs> what? Like, I'm sorry about your face, but what hey. was... <laughs> what was the proper response to that? <laughs> And I'm saying this without any certainty of knowledge, okay? I'm not trying to be cryptic, dear. I'm not trying to be 
I'm honestly telling you, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I, I would suggest that you consider the possibility that Dr. Oz is getting something out of the deal that is more than just 300 shins every time they come. What the hell? That's so many shins. Like, why does she need more? That's... Well, the only thing that's more valuable than 300 shins I can think of is at that point you're getting into Numenera or the heart of Numenera, the thing that powers it. She looks at Dilly, the Io, if you will. Huh. Can I take a look at that plate real quick? Yeah, sure. She turns to Nyx while she's, you know, motions to Dilly and says, Nyx, I will tell you, utter sincerity, I have no idea what the full end goal is or exactly what's happening with your mother. But I do know, based off of what you've told me about your mother and what I see in this plate and what I've heard about these plates, that they are connected to one another. And what's happening to her is connected to it. And I don't know the whole details about what's happening here. I don't know what the consequences of breaking this plate would be. I don't know what the consequences of keeping it would be. But it is definitely connected to your mother's condition. And I would caution you that anybody that serves the court as closely as Dr. Oz does rarely does things without ulterior motives, especially because from everything I've heard, Nix, 300 shins is cheap for her services. What? No. What? See, Italia, she wasn't ripping us off. Oh my gosh. <sighs> no, she was just getting something else that she valued more out of it, and you don't know what that was. I probably the the energy that she was siphoning off, I'm thinking. So you're saying that we shouldn't talk to Dr. Oz? Well, I don't know if you should or you shouldn't. I would just say be cautious with how you place your trust. What I'm just saying is it's unclear what their motives would be in this scenario. And to be honest, I just want you to be careful because I don't want any more hardship on your family. And I want to make sure that you all safely get through whatever you're dealing with right now. I honestly wasn't expecting to be back in Charmant so soon. And I haven't had time to make the preparations that I normally would. Oh, yeah. Traffic was light. We made good time. I guess, like, I don't know. Are we breaking my parents out of, like, prison? Or are they going to be killed and executed? That's sort of my question. And uh, maybe if I could just find that out. I don't think they're going to be executed. I think the queen is trying to draw you back in. I don't think she actually has any doubt in your parents. Your family's been loyal servants for a long time. What I think the queen has doubts about is you. Oh, yeah. No, I've been like a loyal servant, I guess. Right. But now they there's this bounty out on your head, not for anything the crown is concerned about. But the problem is, is that your bounty has been connected to another bounty of someone who tried to set fire to the palace. So now the problem is you've been connected with what the queen sees as a potential terrorist attack on the palace. <laughs> it's around now that Cha-Cha is starting to kind of come to. <laughs> you know, Nix, those travelers aren't very good people. What? They're cool as fuck, dude. The plate's feeding on energy from horrors. And the other side. And it's got some lady trapped in there, so I'm not sure what we're supposed to do with that. Uh. How old would she look like? Old, short, brown hair. 
kind of has Nix's notes. Does this sound like the same person I saw? It does. Yeah, that sounds like the person I saw by the marshes with the corpses. Oh, probably my aunt or like whatever. They trapped your aunt in a plate? That doesn't sound benevolent. Well, we don't know that like they trapped her in the plate. I will admit this is weird and I maybe we should go to well, but this isn't going to help get with my parents, I don't think. Well, what if we could use the plate to get to my mom? You can't use the plate because it doesn't like you. So that's why it probably picked your mom. Close enough. Well, maybe you could like use it to get to my mom if it's connected to her or I don't think it likes me either. So while Dilly was looking at the plate, mm-hmm. he was going to use his new scan iodum ability to get a sense. So rules as written, this is supposed to like help with salvaging tasks, but can I kind of bend it a little bit to get a sense of what kind of iodum this thing runs on? Sure. Okay. Read me the description of your scan. Uh, using a device or some kind of unique sense, you scan an area equal to size of 10 foot, including all objects or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Must be thin. Are you using a sense or your some sort of tool that you have? I'm using a sense. Are you going to touch it? If you're using a sense, that's that's enough for me. So you're using the sense, and you find yourself on a foggy plane in the middle of nowhere. Oh, shit. This wasn't supposed to happen. Uh... <laughs> you also hear a familiar sound in the mist, like teeth being sucked like oh i hate this oh god i i dilly will start backing away from that sound wherever it's coming from yeah you trip over something you don't fall down but you definitely stumble over something maybe it's a rock in the mist oh shit i'm sorry if there's any dead bodies i don't mean to step on your face i'm sorry oh old lady uh hello is there anybody you hear some sort of that same sort of teeth sucking, but it's coming from three different directions now. And then you hear something moving ahead of you on the ground before. You can't see it in the fog, but you can feel it sort of like a creaky movement, like a disturbance of soil and a squeaking of I'm not sure what, but something stirring over there. And you feel a hand on your right shoulder. Wow. And it says, in a woman's voice, says, don't turn around. You mustn't turn around. Oh, not turning. Looking in the one direction, I'm already doing that in. The voice gets a little bit closer to your ear and says, keep looking forward. Don't look around. This is not a gate that's open to you. Why are you here? Trying to help a friend. Don't look around. No, it's just responding to you, but looking straight ahead. I'm trying to help a friend and her mother's teleportation attacks. Does that mean anything to you? You feel breath warm against your left ear. This woman's voice murmurs. It's a gift. For who? The voice gets a little bit closer. You can feel the breath close to your ear. And she says, it's the gift. The ultimate freedom. Who are you? Don't turn around, Dilly. How do you know my name? (laughs) You came here. You reached out and shook my hand and embraced me like I was your own. But you're confused, and I can make allowances. In a moment, Dilly, I am going to make you turn around. 
You hear the sucking of teeth in all sorts of different directions. Are you ready, Dilly? Do I have a choice if I'm not? You get the sense, like even with, like you can't see, but you get the sense of a smile by your ear, even though you can't see it. No, this way is close to you and you're trespassing. And then you feel the hand on your right shoulder tugging to turn you around. Do I see the face? You do. You see a, a woman about 50 years old. Right. Um, with Nix's nose, short, dark hair, but only for a moment. In that moment, I'm going to use my memorizing skill to fix in my in Dilly's mind like her face exactly. Fair enough. But she looks at you and says, It's not for you, Dilly. And then there is a strange, warping, grotesque transformation where her skin turns gray and her eyes turn yellow and red. And you see her mouth open wider and wider till it looks like the mouth of a lamprey. And she stares there at you, this lamprey, in their well-cared-for boots. And she makes this sucking sound and presses against your chest. And then you're back in Mama Jaren's. And that's where we'll end this episode. Oh, sh- what the fuck is going on, Daniel? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Just casual stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. How about Samson? Something for this episode for you. It was pretty chill right up until the end there, and then it got a little heavy. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think Dilly is still kind of digesting everything that's happened, because this is probably like the first like downtime that we've gotten in a while. That's true. Dilly's been... Well, I mean, I guess he ha- probably had some time in the wild, but that's probably not the same thing. Not for Dilly, at least. Wild is on for him on time for him back in the city chilling in mama jay's place where we're probably safe so yeah i don't know um i don't know i need to think about it mm. okay does anybody else have anything that they want to point out i feel like i made a mistake in my recap by not really emphasizing dilly's character growth during the last episode so i think it's it's kind of cool mm-hmm. to see like a more i don't know confident i don't know if confidence is the right word i'm probably just inferring confidence because he like ran out but daring maybe a little bit more willing to take a risk yeah yeah so um and then with the uh the scanning io thing i thought that was really cool to be able to get that out of yeah i didn't think i'd get that i thought i would just be like oh yeah it seems like kind of like this io and that'd be it so yeah Okay, so we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener in XP, to check out something we think you would really dig. This week, it is my turn. I will offer you all an XP to check out the Locked Tomb Trilogy, which is by Tamsin Muir. She is an author from New Zealand. Well, as the blurb would put it, it is Lesbian Necromancers in Space. Ooh. So the first book in the series is Gideon the Ninth. And uh, Gideon is a swordswoman who has been essentially coerced to help with a necromancer's who has been her essentially rival since childhood um, to go to the house of the undying emperor, the Necrolord Prime, who actually first created necromancy, first figured out the resurrection and things like that. And they have, an, and it is an opportunity for the necromancer Harrowhark to become a lector, which is an immortal being 
that assists the emperor in all of his doings. And Gideon has kind of gotten tricked into this situation. It is really fun. It is. So the first book is very much sort of like a gothic horror house mystery in space as these necromancers are going through the house of the emperor, trying to understand the secrets of becoming lictors, but they're all competing with each other because they all come from different houses that were established that have different focuses in necromancy. And it is just really delightful. Gideon is like both, uh, don't be wrong, Gideon and Harrowhark are both like assholes deep down. Gideon's saving grace is that she's kind of funny. She's just amazing. It's it's lovely, like hearing her reading the sword fight scenes with Gideon, like kind of getting to do what she does best at. Um, and Harrowhark is just so like over the top. It is delightful. The other thing is that the world building is fucking insane. They talk about it a little bit in the first book, but the second book, Harrow the Ninth, also kind of covers this, is that the whole idea is that something, and I, I presume it's yet to be revealed in the series, something nearly wiped out humanity. And the Emperor, as part of his own resurrection, also resurrected all of humanity as a species, our sun, and the planets that remained. And this necromancy tradition began. There's some sort of war going on with humanity and someone else. And also there are resistors out there. But so the first book is very much got that sort of like Gothic haunted house mystery thing going on. It is both funny and strange and, and, you know, deliberately scary in parts um, as they, they go through trying to solve this and deal with all these things that were left behind either as tests from the emperor or bad memories within this place. The second book, you get a much broader view of this universe beyond just the the ninth house, which is where they come from, the main characters come from, which is basically a tomb world where the whole job is to guard this one locked tomb that can never be opened and sort of broadens out into what's happening on the edges of human space. So it's very good. I've read these books like multiple times. They're They're so much fun. In both books, the endings are both exciting and heartbreaking at the same time. But yeah, so I would highly recommend you check it out. I love the world that it's created so much that I kind of want there to be an RPG of it. (laughs) There's so much systems underneath the scenes of necromancy that I think could be very cool to build out. But that's not a task I'm going to take on because IP licensing. Anyway, has anybody else read either of the books? Gideon the Ninth or Harrow the Ninth? Uh, I've read the first one. I it was just because I couldn't like read it a whole lot at first. It's okay if you didn't like it. It's it is okay. No, I I really liked it once I got into it. Like once I got into like, hey, what if Clue, but also Gorman Gas with like sci-fi and necromancy. Then it was like hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But my my only complaint was that I feel like it should have been an anime, like something like Kill a Kill or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might give it another chance now that you've given it some context. I think I read, I think I started reading this one blind, Daniel. I think you just like dropped it in the chat and I was like, all right. And I am right before they're going to first leave their planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's before the good stuff happens. Yeah. I was real confused. Couldn't place the genre. And I'm like a genre like reader for sure. So, um, 
but now that I know that it's lesbian necromancers in space, I'm definitely picking it back up. Like, no question. Yeah, I will say occasionally their assholery gets a little, a little bit too much. They're just kind of like, all right, you two need to shut up and just move on. Yeah. Although, in retrospect, when you realize their long history and like everything, all the baggage they've got carrying with each other, it's justified. No, it, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. It is available on Audible. It is available on Audible, and the audio, the reader for it is very good. In fact, my only complaint about the Audible version is that they, it's not from one of the Audible studios that does the Whisper Sync oh, with the ebook. Yeah. So you know you kind of have to pick one or the other um, as you're going through it. But the reader is very good, and it's the same reader for Harrow the Ninth as well. But I'm super excited for the concluding volume next year, which is going to be Electo the Ninth. But yeah, the first one is great for Gothic mystery things like that. The second one, I, I don't even know how to characterize it. It's it's so strange and turning, but you get a bunch of stuff with the Emperor in that one, so you get to a lot of insight into what's going on with the Emperor and the Lectors. So, it's very cool. Anyway, so, you should check out the Locked Tomb Trilogy. I really hope that they make an RPG out of it someday, or, at the very least, some sort of anime-style movie of it, because I don't want to see the terrible CGI that would happen if somebody had to try to do the crazy shit that they do in it. Because in anime form, I think it would be cool. In CGI form, I think it would be horrifying and not in a good way. I think it depends on the CGI, because I've seen some CGI anime that's like, yeah, all right, you know what you're doing with this. But then others, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but like, I, I recently reread Gideon the Ninth after reading Hero the Ninth, and I read Hero the Ninth again, and I realized that I think that some of the stuff that Harrow, who is the necromancer, specifically a bone necromancer, so skeletons are her thing, does with skeletons both dead and alive is pretty fucked up. Oh, um, has anyone ever watched uh, Helsing Ultimate? Mm -hmm. They kind of, it's about vampires. Shut up, Dan. (laughs) But it's a lot of their like kind of vampire magic is very like abstract. Like it would never work in like a 3D environment. It's definitely like a 2D kind of presentation mm-hmm. okay cool yeah so anyway um read the lock tomb trilogy it is fun it is strange it is a you get to see a combination of like badass warrior women Fuck yeah. badass sorceress women and sometimes they like each other sometimes they don't there's all sorts of drama and strange like interpersonal stuff going on but there's still badass battle scenes and so many skeletons good stuff like that and it's just delightful anyway it's it's a really good series tamsamir is brilliant and strange like she kind of effortlessly shifts between sort of horror and humor and sci-fi in the same the same stories She's done some really amazing, just sort of like queer centered stories and things like that, that I think is very, very cool. Anyway, so yes, check out the Lock Tomb Trilogy. I think it's uh, great books and I love them so much. If people wanted to reach out to us to tell us about what they think of the podcast or the Lock Tomb Trilogy, how would they do that, Marietta? Well, a great place to start would be our website, which is explorerswanted.fm, and there's links to us. On all of the social medias, we are particularly active on Twitter, where we're at Explorers Wanted, and we have an Instagram at Explorers Wanted Podcast, and we're on Facebook as Explorers Wanted Podcast, and 
Yeah, if you really want to hang out with us, the, the best place to do that is going to be on our Discord, um, which there's links to on the social media and on our website. We're pretty active on there. We would love to have you be part of our community. And then if you're looking to financially support us, which we do have some goals that we'd like to achieve in that realm, and you have the means, we would love to if you'd support us on Patreon. We are on there as Explorers Wanted. Yeah, come, come hang out with us, please. We would love to chat with you, to hang out with you. Chat with us and other fun people in the community, Yay. like uh, Azuron and, and Martin and Nicholas and all the sorts of people that we've talked about before. You know, our, our other patrons are in there as well. And there's all sorts of other people as well that are just wonderful people. We're really excited about the community that we're building. If you like the podcast, the best thing that you could do for us is tell a friend about us and tell them why you like us and why they should listen to us. The second best thing you could do for us is to leave us a five-star review on a podcast directory, specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, those three directories. When you leave a written review there, it makes a huge impact on people finding us. And it's not about the charts or anything like that. It's about if somebody's looking around, do they have enough context from the reviews to know, is this something I'd like? So specific five-star reviews are huge. It only takes you a few minutes, but it makes such a big difference for people trying out the show. And we want to build out a great audience that can become part of our community. If you didn't like the podcast for some reason, this is normally where I say something creepy or possibly awful. But we're recording this on September 24th, and things are not looking great. We've seen the passing of Justice Ginsburg. We've seen great miscarriages of justice in the case of Breonna Taylor and a president who has expressed doubt about allowing a peaceful transfer of power. I don't know what the U.S. looks like when you're hearing this, but I have a hard time envisioning anything that doesn't include more tragedy. So instead of my usual creepy thing, I just want to say, please take care of each other. Take care of your family. Take care of your neighbors. Take care of everyone you can and please don't stop fighting for what is right. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can reach me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You can also find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. You can find me at Slam Potato. You can tell me about your vision quests or just your visions of the future at Realty Unicorn. You can tell me how I should really have figured out Twitter by now at I'm on a hike. Have a good night day afternoon weekend or whenever you're listening to this and bye, bye.